Hello, and welcome to the Inside the Orange podcast. another episode of the Inside the Orange podcast. Firstly, I want to say a massive thank you to last week's guest, Dr. Bridget Cooper, for giving us a little bit of insight into her cage-rattling career. And thanks to everyone who has listened and given feedback for that episode. Today on the podcast, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by actress Ionica Adriana. Now, we met just before the National Television Awards, which Ionica was very excited to be attending. And we spoke about lots of things, her life, and career, what it's like to be a live presenter, and the effect that COVID's had on the acting community. She's also been a great ambassador for Born Anxious and also hosted Autism's Got Talent with our friend Anna Kennedy. So it's great to be having a chat with her today. Before we get into the episode, here's how you can get in touch with the podcast. To get in touch with the podcast, you can find us at insidetheorange.co.uk. You can email us at insidethisorange at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Orange Watts, Orange W-H-A-T-S. On Instagram, Inside the Orange. On the Inside the Orange podcast Facebook page. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Richard Stevens, motivational speaker, and creator of the Inside the Orange. All these links will be available in the description and show notes. So my guest today uh, is an actress, um, Ionica Adriana. She has done some stuff with Born Anxious and Anna Kennedy, and we got in touch via Instagram, and Ionica said she'd love to come and have a chat with the podcast, so she's here today. So Ionica, how's your day been so far? Hey, oh, yeah, all good, thank you. Been rushing around. Trying to get the old lateral flow test because I'm going to an event tonight. So it's always, it's like the new protocol, isn't it? Make sure that you have your lateral flow, make sure that you're showing that you're not positive, all of that. So just uh, been running around King's Cross trying to find one. Okay. Well, yeah, absolutely. The, the new normal as we have started to call it these days. Isn't so, it? So um, let's talk about yourself. So there is a, a, the A up at the beginning, very gives a very uh, Yorkshire feel to this interview. So give us a little bit of a background about yourself. Yeah, so I'm uh, originally from Romania. I was born in Romania and then I was adopted to North Yorkshire. So hence the, the Yorkshire twang. <laughs> awesome stuff. So let, let's go into that. So you um, adopted from Romania. Uh, and, and from what you sent me, that was age two, so very young. Were you aware of that adoption process early on, or was it something you found out later? How did that? How did that kind of go with your life? Um, we've. I've always known that I was adopted. It's always been a massive celebration for us, and I was adopted with another girl. And yeah, it's just it's always been a really positive thing for us and our family. I know that lots of people have lots of different journeys with it but for us it's always been a massive celebration and that you've got a second chance at life so what's not cool about that do you know what I mean so yeah, yeah. yeah 
it's uh yeah it came over when I was two and a half um went into school like nursery went into uh primary school and everyone's always known it's not it's not been the elephant in the room it wasn't a surprise on my 18th birthday being like you're adopted because <laughs> yeah. I know that that does happen to some people but for us it's it's never been like that and it's always been talked about any any questions that I've ever had uh there were we had lots of photos from growing up so I don't actually remember the process as such but actually um it was all very documented um growing up and the process that my mum and dad went through for the adoption we've got lots of photos which is nice yeah and did, do you think, and again, touch on things like mental health, does it help more that you were always involved and, you know, in that sense? Do you feel sometimes that that big surprise is then a big, bigger problem, but actually if you are on the journey, it, well, it is your life at the end of the day. Do you think that helped with, with making, coping and, and, and kind of dealing with it and helping other people deal with it? Yeah, I think I can only talk from my personal experience and if I was to adopt, I definitely would be open from the get-go but also people's situations and lives are different and where they come from and the reason that people don't tell people that they're adopted until later on is I don't know protection of them thinking that they're um, doing the best thing for that person at the time and I think that each situation is absolutely unique so for me yes finding out that I was that I've always known that I was adopted has been a brilliant thing um I've known people that were found out when they were 18 and not dealt with it very well but I've also known people that have been told when they were 18 and they're fine with it and it kind of makes sense uh kind of why they felt a little bit different or things like that so every every situation is very different and I think I, could, I don't think that you can judge it it's just, that's that's what I'd say. I just take every situation on its sole value. No, and, and again, I appreciate you ask, answering the questions because it's a say it's something that I think it started your life. It obviously doesn't define anyone by that sense, but obviously it starts your journey, and that's where you came from. And it's lovely to hear about how proud you are of that journey as well. You know, it, it's fantastic, and that's the thing with a podcast. I like to tell stories and and kind of give people a bit of an understanding from from where you are. So we kind of um, met via social media for our Instagram. We've got a bit of a, a shared connection via Born Anxious and Anna Kelly, we do. that's fair to say, yeah. Um, tell yep. us about how you got involved with projects with them guys. Um, so Anna asked me to host one of the um, <clears throat> of one of the evenings of Autism's Got Talent. And I was working at the radio at the time and we'd done some interviews and then I, then followed it up with speaking to some of the performers, which was Ace, and it was just the most incredible night. It was um, just celebrating really talented human beings, and I just think that that's never not going to be a good thing. It's just Ace that, and the talent is just, it was just amazing, and I love being a part of something like that um, when you are celebrating people from all walks of life, from any situation, and that Everyone, everyone deserves a platform. Why not? No, a hundred percent right. And and you have modelled for for Born Anxious as well. <clears throat> yes, uh, I love the I love the sentiments that they have on the t-shirt. I got be a nice human being. The end. I love that one. And then I got the label free one as well. And we did a photo shoot. And I think it's it's nice to support small businesses and charities. 
um, because because of what they stand for and what their born anxious clothing line. It's the sensitive clothing with that seams inside and the labels and yeah. things like that. And for me, I haven't had a lot of experience in that, and I learned so much just even just from modelling the clothes and just. Yeah, it was just a, it was great. And I was really grateful to be sent the stuff. It was really nice. Yeah, as I say, I, I wear it with pride at every, every podcast. And when I reached out to them, I said, look, I love it. And it is, it's, it, it is obviously what it does for the sensory clothing, but those messages, you know, again, stuff like love them. Find, exactly right. And how kind of wonderful they are in this world that we live in. You know what I mean? It's just nice to have that gentle reminder sometimes, you know, in that, in that sense. So, um, you you're you're an actress you've done radio as well so is that something you've always wanted to do have you always wanted to act or is it something you found yourself doing how how did your acting journey begin so I was a little bit late to the party because most people that especially if they want to dance start from quite young um I started very much just in school uh very heavily sports based always wanted to be a gymnast and then I thought I might go to a sports college when I was going to leave at 16 and then I had I, I knew that I would never be able to do it professionally because I had a horse riding accident when I was younger nothing nothing crazy bad but I just 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 knew that it was never going to be a career um and I really liked photography so I, I've always been much more on the creative side of things anyway um so I went to York College and I was going to do the photography course so I went in with the intention that right I'm going to do the photography and then I was going to choose another course alongside it but I wasn't sure and then the musical theatre course was there and I'd never really sang um but dance was involved so I was like that's close to gymnastics but not really and it's not all dance based so I was like I don't have to be uh, just predominantly a dancer so then they said, okay, well, if you do the musical theatre course, because it's a B-Tech, you can't do the photography. So I was like, okay, I'll do the musical theatre course. And that changed on the day that I started the college. And then I had the best two years of my life. And then I auditioned for drama school and I was one of the lucky few to get in. And then when I went to East 15, they said, you've got into a class of 16 out of 4,000 applicants. Um, and then that's when I knew that I'd, I'd really been given an opportunity and Everyone always says how hard it is to get into drama school and I never dreamt that I would get in especially on the first year of auditioning because most people don't get in on the first year obviously a lot of people do so for someone that was told that oh you won't get into drama school to then get in I was like just don't don't knock a gift horse in the mouth like take this seriously and go go and do it so I did <laughs> and it's brilliant and you know I kind of think I, I spoke about it before on the podcast and around that, that there's just so many of those moments in life that are that turn left or turn right and again just as simply as you sure. just be doing photography today you just took that left turn and, and and made a change and I think people people forget just that those moments do happen and I think again it's really good it's a really good message for people that think I'm going to be doing you know I, I want to do this but actually it's never too late to go hang on a minute no I'm interested in this. I yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I think that life has a really funny way of putting you on the track that you're meant to be on, even if you don't know at the time. And I'm a very much in the moment person, sometimes to my detriment, but I, I'm a, I'm the majority of time a yes person. So like I said, yes to the musical theatre course, yes to going to East 15. I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. And I didn't have any foresight of going, 
right, I know that I'm going to work now, I'm going to, that I'm going to, going to drama school. It was never that. I'm very in the moment kind of person and just enjoy that for that time. No, and I'm not in a, I'm not in an old because uh, I'm very similar myself. I'm not a great, yeah, you are a very, you know, in the moment person, you know. But I think what I like with that, though, is that I think when you do have that kind of quick ability to do that, that passion, because you are so kind of, you want to make it work, you will do more mm-hmm. than if you're just, you know, there's no point just going through life and ambling through, you know, you're never going to find something that drives you. And like you say, you get that opportunity and actually, yeah, okay, I'm going to fly by it and I'm going to see how it goes. It's, it is right. And, again, yeah. you know, obviously it is to be done in balance. So I know from yeah. my, my, <laughs> my wife is very grounded and things and I'm, I'm, I'm the dreamer. I say it works so well because if it was me, I'd be flying to the moon and she'd be going, well, yeah. you haven't actually got any fuel in your rocket. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. But you know, so it's, yeah, you always need that foil. You need the that, foil to you. That yin and yang. Yeah. So, I, but I get that. And it is, as I say, for driving passions, it is really, really important. So what's your advice then? And again, it, it's good that you got into it late. So what's your advice to people that want to get into that profession? Um, and where is a good place for them to start if they were listening? Um, so the normal avenue is, is going to drama school and things like that. But I, uh, there is many a way to get into it. Even if you do start much later, you can go to acting classes that are specifically run by industry professionals by casting directors and things like that so it's it's not the be all and end all if you don't go to drama school drama school training is incredible and it's hard it's three years of 40 50 hours a week 60 hours a week sometimes um and that's why it's it's such a uh kind of a thing that you you do because the training is so intense and it really prepares you for the industry but the there is more than one way around it i like my cousin at the minute he's uh he's still auditioning for things but he hasn't gone to drama school yet so it, it doesn't mean that you can't audition um the one thing that I would say um getting into it is just just work hard be a nice human being turn up on time do your homework so whether you're going to an audition make sure that you learn your lines make sure that you learn the songs be be a nice human being be your genuine self because if you're going into something like that and you're not yourself from the very start then it's a very big pretense to try and keep up and that's not what people want they want you and um yeah I would I would say if you want to audition for drama school it doesn't matter what age you are you most drama schools you can only audition from 18 onwards dance school's a little bit different at 16 um but I was in a class of people that were 30 years old and they were going into the first year so don't don't not go if you don't want to do it if you if you do want to do it sorry because why not who you're living your life and if you can do it and you have the opportunity to do it it's very expensive to go I know a lot of schools don't have funding anymore but there's ways around it you can there is ways if you if you want it you'll find it absolutely and, and, and I like what you said there so there is authenticity although you know a lot of drama we think of acting we think of pretending to be someone else but there is a of need course. for authenticity yeah. of being yourself I presume obviously the need for patience and the need to go mm-hmm. and get it if you want you know I think there's, there's there's like you say there's a lot of humanness in in what you do but as I say I think people yeah. get caught up in the fact that they need to be someone else they don't they need to be true to themselves in a sense is that fair 
For sure. I mean, if, if you look at people, the old school actors, um, I did a talk at Italia Conti yesterday and we were talking about people like Julie Walters because they were like, oh, well, um, am I allowed to say that I used to work in retail and stuff like that? Yes. I mean, people like Julie Walters are very proud that she went into nursing and had a life before acting. It's not, it's not, you can't not be yourself. If anything, people want you to be yourself and the acting is being somebody else that's when you're being somebody else but going into it you're not and a, a very difficult question here but so the podcast is based on meeting different people and I suppose going on from what you've just said if you work in retail you will mm -hmm. find characters you will if you the more you talk to other people the more you see characters in the world that you could base out without being without being horrible is there is there parts of your life you've seen that I think I'm going to base this idea on this person without giving names of course do you see characters in your <laughs> life that you think I could use that oh uh, well yes and no I'm, I'm not a writer but I do go into jobs where I've played someone or I've played against someone where well played with someone and I've gone oh okay that's that person from that shop and I mean look at what John Cleese did with Faulty Towers he took the guy that he stayed in the hotel with and created a whole sitcom and that's how it happens. And people like Ricky Gervais with extras, it's, it's situations that he's seen and people that he's been around. So yeah, uh, it's, it's like comedians using observational humor. And that's why shows like that do really well because people always know that person. They always know kind of like the Sharon on the checkout that's giving all the goss or the kind of serious miserable one in the back. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, no, and I appreciate, you know, obviously you don't write it, but from the acting point of view, like you say, yeah. I appreciate you saying that, obviously. And again, it is a hard question because you don't want to say, oh, yeah, I base this person on. <laughs> <laughs> it gets you in a lot of trouble. So what projects have you got coming up? Is there anything you can talk about, share with us? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm just in rehearsals at the minute for a show at the Union Theatre, which is called Opening Up, which is about mental health. And that runs from the 28th to the 2nd of October. And that's in South Bank in London. And I'm really excited. It's my first theatre back after, well, we did five days in Panto, but since the Panto before. So it's been a long, long time out. So I'm feeling a bit ropey. I'm like, oh, better get those pipes working. <laughs> uh, and the, the cast are absolutely incredible. And there's a lot of singing in it. And the, the script is brilliant. And there's five characters and all of them have different stories, different lives. And you you go through that journey with them on uh, through the show. So that's um, that's the first thing that I've got coming up. I'm currently presenting on a craft channel as well, which is a very new venture. So I'm learning very quickly how to present live <laughs> live TV. So I'm like, oh. uh, yeah. And then some late some stuff later on in the year as well. And hopefully Panto. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you know the Panto <laughs> yet or is that still where we are? Yeah, Aladdin. I'm supposed to Aladdin at Billingham. So. Oh, fantastic. And I, I like what you said. I've seen on your Instagram recently you doing your your um your, your craft stuff on the television. And I remember watching things on, they did it on The Apprentice and it's like, go. It, what, I mean, you do theatre, which is live, of course, but what is it like? It's unscripted or you've just got a bit of a basis to go on? Can you say much about it? What's the experience like? Um, it's totally different. So when you go into theatre, you you learn a script, you learn the songs. And from the moment that you step on stage, it's then up to you. It's up to the people that you're on stage with to continue 
create the story, perform the show. Um, the presenting is a whole different world. So you've got a thing which is called an in-ear um, where you get fed what's coming up next. And it's not scripted. It's um, for this particular job. It's not auto cued. It's it's very much kind of the person saying what's coming up on the show, showing the cards. Um, everything's very authentic in like what you're seeing. So you're describing what you're seeing. Um, and gosh, totally different skill. When I worked at the radio, again, a different skill. So you've got a guest in front of you. You've got yourself reading uh, the kind of the plan, some of the scripts. It's not particularly scripted, but I would write bullet points to make sure that I didn't miss any questions with the guest. Then you've got a producer in your ear. Then you've got the microphones in the other one. And then you're doing your music. So all totally different skills. But again, I don't, <laughs> I'm always very much like, yeah, let's do it. And then see how it goes. <laughs> you're still smiling so it's obviously something's going very well with it isn't it <laughs> yeah well ish <laughs> my heart honestly though I'm like please don't say anything stupid please don't say anything stupid <laughs> I, I as I say well from the stuff I've seen before on um, those things and the behind the scenes and I think wow you know that that is a skill to yeah like, I would be I do these and I mean obviously I'm blessed with the podcast I can go and edit and, and everything and even when I edit them, I think, why did you say that? But like you say, when you yeah. get that light on and that you don't get that editing, that is out, isn't it? <laughs> Where, so far away. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's um, you've got to be on it. You've got to be just like, know what you're doing. Do your prep. That's mm. the one thing that helps you get some through something like that and just know. And the producers are always there to help you. They're brilliant. And they um, it's a, a massive teamwork thing. Something else you've been doing that I was really interested in is, is motivational speaking and talks. Oh, right, yeah. You look very scared then. I'm, <laughs> I wonder what you were going to say then. <laughs> yeah. No, what no, have no. I been doing? No. <laughs> the motivational speaking. Now, from what I read from, from what you sent me, is that based on from your childhood, from the stuff you've gone through yourself? How, where, where does the motivational speaking fit into the career? Yeah, um, I get asked quite a lot to do it graduations at drama schools and things like that and really kind of the premise of it is is that you can't help the life that you're born into but if you have the right people around you and you there becomes a point in your life when you can make the change obviously you can't help help having a bad childhood things like that or not that I had a bad childhood but sometimes if you're in an area where the opportunities aren't necessarily there is that we, we have so many opportunities in this world and we have so many options that you can, even, that, even if it's like where you hit rock bottom and you've got no money and like you can move away. You can, you can't like, don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something. And I think the reason that I get asked to do them is because my life is so different to what it could have been that I was in an orphanage for two and a half years and then I'm walking on a red carpet that like that's insane like if anyone had said to me when I was 12 years old that would be happening even in kind of like normal mainstream school living a normal life kind of thing I never think that I was walking a red carpet that that's ridiculous like that's ace um I mean obviously my work does give those opportunities um to, to go to events like that obviously if you're working in a different job you might not go on a red carpet but it doesn't mean that you can't do something that's of that level in a different capacity um 
yeah just more so that you can't help the life that you're born into but there's always options and change that you can make at some point in your life um obviously that's I'm talking more on my own experience and sometimes people can't get out of situations and that's I mean again we can't judge everyone else's situation based on our own but that's just from my experience what I think that we can do and that also ask for help that's another thing is that I've learned very much over the last few years is that if you don't know something ask if you want something ask like if you want to how how do how do I become a nail technician how do I like go and ask someone go and say can I come and shadow you can I come and help you can I come and assist whatever it is like don't not ask because they're only the worst they're going to say is no and then you move on and then a different option will come up I hope that makes sense <laughs> no 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 it does it 100 I mean we you know we wouldn't be sitting here having this podcast episode if one of us didn't ask a question you know what I mean in, exactly in, yeah we I didn't think to myself one day you know I'm going to ask this person to do it telepathically you know you have to do it and it, For sure it does take vulnerability and it does and I think do you see that more with the younger generation does social media sometimes make people feel that they can't be a they can't show weakness when actually they can and they can ask questions do you you got any thoughts on that um, I think more so now that actually the younger generation are much more open. Um, if anything, it's the older generation that were very much, we can't talk about mental health, we can't talk about being weak, we can't show weakness, we can't show that we're struggling. And for years and years and years, it's it's been hidden. It's, it's It was kind of like a taboo. And then slowly on through, very much through, kind of like me growing up I've seen a real shift so people that I now teach or go into a workshop or things like that I'm quite happy to say I've got anxiety I've, I've got this I mean not everybody's as open as that but a lot of people do and a lot of people speak out about it on social media and people of big platforms do and I think that that gives people the okay to do it as well so actually I think it's becoming much better that people are talking about it and much more open and and, that, and again you know that that is really good to hear because I think you know that's where I was going with the question was are we still stuck in that but it's nice to see that you you know you're seeing when you're engaging with some of these people you can actually see the difference you can see mm -hmm. the, the, the you know the transition and it's actually becoming a lot easier to be to be yourself and to be mm -hmm. less judged um so for yourself what has been the best thing you've done in terms of your work that you're most proudest of, if you can, of course. Um, keeping it together on live TV has got to be up there, of course. <laughs> and where would you want to be? What's the dream in five years, in the next five years? Oh, gosh. Um, I think just to keep working and keep bettering mm. and being a better actor, being working with incredible people. I think that people are always very quick to say when you're in something, uh, what, so what are you in next and um oh, why don't you do this or and people are always quick to knock it down and very much so in in the acting world people are going oh so oh why don't you do that instead or haven't you tried this like when you so if say if you're in like a, a smaller tv job and they go oh, why haven't you auditioned for coronation street or why don't why don't you just go on coronation street and i'm like i'm actually just really enjoying this job at the moment and i might be auditioning for coronation street or i might be auditioning for that um but let me enjoy this in the moment and that might be a goal 
for some people it might not be and I just it, it's a it's a real frustration of mine and it happens all the time and actually the more work you get the more people ask um I think that I just want to keep working with the best of the best so credible people nice human beings and because the thing is sometimes you'll go into a job thinking this is not the biggest profile job or that you don't think that you're going to enjoy it very much and actually it's one of the best jobs that you ever do in your life and it's usually the people that make it um being around really talented people so something might be a really low scale theater show and you might have the time of your life and then you might be on a soap and absolutely hate it and that's where everyone thinks that you should be mm. so again just living in the moment and just enjoying that I think that I don't because people always go so when are you going to give it up and I'm like I'm quite enjoying it right now so I don't know why I would want to stop no, no. funny people's questions are always really funny on that one not yours but I mean people's yeah, interpretation yeah. of the industry <laughs> it's my job to answer <laughs> questions that's fine no worries <laughs> I, I like where you go with that and again I'm not I'm not kind of knocking anything but you hear actors in the past who have done things like Star Wars who have done these major CGI films and all that and they've said I didn't really enjoy it but actually the work they mm. did in the theatre in a, in a theatre at the back end of London you know somewhere that they haven't seen that was the thing they're most proudest of because it kind of got lost in production. I suppose if you're true to yourself as an, as an actor, like in anything, if, 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 if the work's good, you enjoy it. Is that fair? Yeah, and the people, for yeah. sure, and the people. Because you might be on a film set and it might be the biggest Hollywood movie of all time and you're sat there for 15 hours of the day and you film for about 30 seconds and then that's it and that's your kind of, you're done then. And but then you might go into like you say a, a smaller job and be on stage six shows a week with no profile so to speak and having the best time you're getting to sing and be on stage for two hours. I mean, it. I mean, some people much prefer film. Some people prefer, prefer theatre. Some people hate theatre because they don't like being live. It's a, it's all mm. everyone's experience is different. But yeah, it's um people always think the highest profile jobs are always the best, and that's that's not always true I mean they're incredible and when you get the job it's like oh my god I can't believe I've got that job hmm. but and they might be the best as well I'm not saying that no I mean no, no, no. I'm not looking I mean if anyone wants to hire me for a Hollywood movie <laughs> no of course and again you know I'm like, my questions are loaded sometimes you think well you know I don't want to give you a position where you're now talking yourself out of work no 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 <laughs> no no but it's, it's appreciation isn't it it's appreciation of yeah. what you've got and what you're doing and and as I say you know that's that's how you get a profile, of course. If you work with people that know you're a good worker, no matter what you're working, in any job, in any walk of life, if someone knows you're good at what you do and you're a good team player, because again, you've got to be that, you know, it's important. Um, you, you, I don't know if you skipped over it or, because obviously there's two questions in one there, but most proudest job, can you say that? Can you, are you happy to oh, say gosh. what you're most proudest of? Or do you just want to say um, that? <laughs> I'm, Weirdly, at the minute, I'm jumping from uh, kind of different work all the time. So when I got the job at the BBC, working at BBC York, I was presenting the Arts and Culture Show. Never in a million years would I have ever thought that I would be on the BBC every week. Like, what? Like, that was crazy. That was a really proud moment. When I found out that I got the syndicate, that was a really proud moment. I think every every job that you get and you've 
because you audition for work some when you graduate you audition for everything because you're always like oh I must audition I must audition for everything but as you start to go through like over the years you start whittling down what it is that you want to do you, you know that you prefer theatre you know that you prefer tv or whatever and then you kind of like fine-tune it so then you go right okay I want to work with that person I want to do that kind of I want to work on the BBC I want to work on ITV um I want to work with that writer so then when you do get those jobs I think there's a lot more meaning kind of like behind them when you actually do get them whereas you go into 10 cruise auditions in a in a week and you're just going because you're going to the audition because you want work so that changes um I've been I've yeah I've been proud of pretty much every every job that I've done especially over the last two or three years um because I've done theatre I've done tv I've done live tv and film and theatre and all of them are so different and all of them have their kind of like oh wow like I'm actually getting to do that like that's ace <laughs> and, and 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 that is a perfect answer to be honest because it, you know and it shows with how you are in your personality and how you're coming forward to me even today meeting you it's so positive so it obviously seems to me <laughs> you love what you do you're talking about it with such passion um I've got another question and it's obviously especially in the acting and and the theatre and uh, in the last couple of years has has covid and again, I don't like talking about it on the podcast because it's not for anything, but how have you coped the last couple of years when work must have been few and far between? Yeah, I um, I got absolutely hammered through it. I was, it's definitely been the hardest time of my life. I mean, very much early on, um, I, I was sending, I was talking to fellow actors and we, we were joking about, well, this is how we live from day to day. We never know when the work's coming in. We never know when money's coming in. Probably actors were probably the most kind of institutionalized to that feeling anyway, before this had all even started. But it, for me, it was, it was the lack of funding. It, I fell through the gaps on all of it and getting canceled from everything when you've auditioned for it is hard. And then when you audition for something and then a COVID test basically defines whether you get that job or not. That's that was kind of one of the worst things for me is because you've auditioned for it and you know that you've been up for it with a lot of people or whatever. And then you're like, I just hope I don't have COVID. Like that's because when we when you test like, like tonight, I'm going to the NTAs and I'm doing tests all the time, but you're out and about and stuff like that. And you're just like, I don't have any symptoms. I just hope I haven't got it. Um, yeah, it was really, really hard for me. I got canceled pretty much straight away as the pandemic started because I was doing a presenting job. Um, so then I started baking um, as everyone did, but I stupidly put on a, a Facebook group that had about 14,000 members saying, bear in mind I baked one cake about a day ago saying, oh, if anyone needs cheering up, let me know and I'll make them a cake and I'll surprise them at their door. 15 days later, I've made 559 cakes and I'd auctioned a cake off for 650 quid, all for free. What was I thinking? Don't ever put, you'll make free cakes for someone on a, on a Facebook page because you'll never stop. <laughs> I was going to add it to the show notes and description that you'll do it. I thought that was part of the fee for doing the podcast. Sorry, that, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify, yeah. I want to go to Jessica, yeah. do that. 
I've retired. I'm retired because it became the singing baker because I started doing because obviously everyone was having a bit more wine than they normally had. So I was doing really hungover singing videos whilst baking, being absolute carnage. Like I was covered in flour, just been the most ridiculous, like trying to pack all of these like paper plates for cakes and taking them to people's houses. It was insane, but it was amazing. And I met loads of people in the community that I'd never met before because I'm from a small town anyway. But going to the door, like knocking on someone's grandparents' house and them just bursting into tears because their granddaughter had thought of them. And I thought, like, oh, mm. yeah. No, that, um, do you know what? Again, it, it's, a, it's a lovely thing you've done as well. And again, it helps It helps mental health. It helps so much things in, in, in the pandemic because we all saw that that was one of the biggest things is people's kind of loss of their, of seeing their loved ones and things like that. Yeah. But to just give that little bit of smile, just a bit of, bit of hope, really. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. I don't, I don't think my dad was smiling at the lecky bill, though, because <laughs> <laughs> the oven was on from eight o'clock in the morning till four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and you're saying it's for a good deed and I don't care. Do I know. For this. <laughs> so um, you, you spoke about your dad. Let's, let's finish with a question that I do ask. And I think this is really important, especially for the journey you've been on. If you had the chance to talk to your younger self today about however you want to do it, what would you say to him? What would you want to tell yourself at a time that you think is the most important that they might have needed to hear it um in terms of uh work i would say that this sounds like it sounds like a bad word but don't prostitute yourself to the industry don't hang yourself out to drive for somebody else because there's a thousand people behind you that will do the same so remember that you're a business so be smart in your choices of going to auditions so that you're not exhausting yourself. You're not going to 10 auditions that you're pretty much not right for. And it's all right not to be right for a job. You're never going to be right for every, anything and everything in this life. So you're not going to be right for every job that you audition for. So find what you like, understand your kind of casting, what you're good at. It's all right not to be good at things like, I will not audition for a tap job because I'm awful and that's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to put myself in that position because I'm just going to be stuck at the back playing catch up and I'm not going to get the job. And then it makes you feel bad when you don't get the job. And then you go, Oh, I'm, I'm so bad at this. And is, yeah, just remember you're a business and it's all right not to go for everything. No, and again, I love the answer. And again, the reason I ask it is, is based on this podcast that I, I, I set this podcast up to talk to myself six years ago whenever when I needed it. And I think not only am I talking to myself, but I'm talking to individuals out there that are me six years ago. And again, that's why I wanted to give you the opportunity. And I think I appreciate what you're saying. You know, it sounds very, very um, strong what you said, but obviously it's, it's really mm -hmm. right. And I think we do get wrapped up of, you know, of just like you say, jumping at everything. I'll do anything. When, no, hang on a minute. You know, you don't have to. There is a way that you can make it the best version for yourself. And I think that's yeah, and I think the saddest thing that I see at the minute, uh, more on the social media side, is that people are doing things for likes and the way that people felt that they had to do things on social media, especially through lockdown. And I was just like, you don't have to say that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to post that picture. It's all right to, to not be doing anything. Like everybody is not doing anything at the minute. Um, and that was the saddest thing that I saw is um, people kind of, doing things because they thought they had to and you don't have to do anything so 
No, that's it. it live, live your own journey. And again, I think what you've done today for the podcast is you've just explained that so well, so fantastically. Um, I, you know, I, I, I wish you all the best for the stuff coming up. It's great to hear that you are working again after we spoke about the fact that know. You know, work hasn't been there. So <laughs> it's, it's lovely to hear. Um, obviously, the podcast will come out um, later in the year. So obviously, some of the dates might not correlate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I always say, just just if you can, just for a minute, just tell people where they can find you. So when they do find the podcast, whether it's in a couple of months or five years down the line, they can find out where you are. So give us just give us some things you're happy to give out in terms of um, social media tags <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, I won't be getting out of my house dress. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my Twitter handle is Ionica underscore official and my Instagram is Ionica underscore official underscore. <laughs> awesome stuff. And people can find you out there. But um, I just yeah. want to say a massive thank you for coming on and speaking today. And um, my podcast guests always get, if you want to come back and talk about anything else, please uh, do. It's been an absolute honour to meet you. And, uh, you too, and thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, have a great day. Thanks so much for Ionica for joining us on the podcast. Um, please make sure you go and check out her work and see where she's performing. If she's performing near you, then, then go and check it out. My guest next week will be a lawyer turned wellness coach. It's Carl Fix. People on LinkedIn will know that he is uh, renowned for his Friday fix, which is a bit of inspirational words and wisdom for the weekend. It was a lovely interview with Carl, and I look forward to bringing it to you next week. So today, all that's left to say is goodbye and take care. And as usual, here's how you can get in touch with the podcast. To get in touch with the podcast, you can find us at insidetheorange.co.uk. You can email us at insidethisorange at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Orange Watts, Orange, W-H-A-T-S. On Instagram, Inside the Orange. On the Inside the Orange podcast Facebook page. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Richard Stevens, motivational speaker and creator of the Inside the Orange. All these links will be available in the description and show notes.